listeners, before we get to this episode of Problem Solvers, here is a word from our sponsor. I am getting paid, or, well, if we're being honest, Entrepreneur is getting paid for me to read you this ad. And you know why I'm telling you that? Because we need more honesty around finance and money. These are critical subjects, and if you want to make sound financial decisions, you need to understand what's really going on, which is why you're going to want to go to Real Vision. Real Vision is a video on-demand platform that you can watch basically anywhere, and their entire goal is to democratize access to the important financial information that impacts your wallet, your investments, and your future. On Real Vision, you will hear from brilliant finance rock stars like Kathy Wood and Kyle Bass and hundreds of others who tell you what they think and know. Real Vision itself has no agenda, no editorial bias, and they don't tolerate hype. And as a member, you get daily videos and analysis, plus access to more than 3,000 videos from the archives. So what do you have to do to get started? Oh, Real Vision is making it very easy. Just go to realvision.com slash problem solvers. And just for $1, yes, $1, you can get started. Again, go to realvision.com slash problem solvers and join for $1. And now on with the show. From Entrepreneur Media, this is Problem Solvers, a show in which entrepreneurs do what entrepreneurs do best, solve unexpected problems in their business. We were completely wrong. And I'm just like, it's not selling. It was like, we have to start from scratch. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. If you want to see the best way to grow a business, there is perhaps no better place to look than to the world of franchising. Now, maybe you don't know that much about franchising, or maybe you just think of franchising as McDonald's and Taco Bell, but oh no, it is a lot more interesting and diverse and complicated than that. This is basically an industry where somebody creates a business and then figures out how to replicate it and then sells units of it to other people so that you can create something that other people operate. I mean, this is this is the very nature of franchising. It's kind of wild when you think about it. I mean, you grow a business and then other people pay you to operate a version of that business for themselves. It's so cool and so weird if you're not that familiar with it and so successful because franchising is thriving. And this is something that here at Entrepreneur Magazine, we cover very, very regularly. As you may know, there is a franchise section in the back of every issue of the magazine, and we devote almost the entire Jan-Feb issue of each year to the Franchise 500, which is our big annual list of the strongest franchises in the country. And that issue just came out, and it isn't just a list. It is also the culmination of a year's worth of data gathering and insights into how this industry has shifted and thrived and where new ideas are coming from and how they have adapted to challenges. And we just see all of it. And I wanted to share some of those insights from the issue with you today because they are applicable far beyond franchising. Though if you are interested in franchising in particular, then oh boy, this issue is really for you because you can see where there are new trends and where there's great success and where you might want to either buy in and become a franchise owner or figure out if your business that you're building is right for franchising. Anyway, I am not going to do this alone because let's be honest, I am not an expert in franchising, but I do work with one. 
Hi, this is Leanne Caruso. I'm the Senior Vice President of Franchising at Entrepreneur Media. Leanne has worked in franchising in one way or another for about 10 years and just recently joined us at Entrepreneur with that very fancy title, which means that she oversees strategy and operations for franchising, content, resources, people, sales, all the stuff that we do to serve people in franchising. And I wanted to talk with Leanne about the lessons that we drew from this issue that are going to be most useful to you, because of course, she really understands the depths of this industry. So what are we going to be talking about? We're going to be talking about all sorts of things. Things like where do we see growth happening now? How to take advantage of new consumer behaviors? Why mosquito control and cat hotels are actually a pretty good business these days? And even where a lot of people went after they quit their jobs in the Great Resignation? The answer, very interestingly, is in franchising. Oh, And are you curious about who is number one on the list? I'm not even going to have you wait in suspense. The answer is Taco Bell. Taco Bell was number one on the list for all sorts of reasons. Really strong growth, really strong branding, really strong brand. But here's the thing about Taco Bell. It is a very expensive brand to buy into. (laughs) You know, you have to have a lot of money and a lot of experience uh, to buy a Taco Bell location, but you do not have to have nearly that level of money or experience to buy a lot of the brands in the other 499 spots on the list. And that's where things get really, really interesting because that's where experimentation is happening. That's where new trends are happening. That's where the future may be happening. Well, which isn't to say that Taco Bell isn't the future too, because they have lots of cool things planned. But the point is, if you are interested in where the future of business is going, franchising has a lot to tell you. And that is what we're going to be exploring right after the break. Where do you go when you want to create, manage, and grow your business online? Wix, the leading website creation platform. Create a site with designer-made templates that can be customized for your business and looks great on all devices. Reach new audiences with intelligent SEO tools designed to get you found on search engines and manage it all from one place, at home, at the office, or on the go. You'll never miss a thing when it comes to your business, so join over 200 million people already doing it and head over to Wix.com to get started. All right, we're back, and now let's start the conversation with Leanne. All right. So Leanne, the Franchise 500, every year we gather data from tons and tons of franchises. Basically, everybody who wants to uh, or aspires to being ranked, which this year was 1,177 companies. So that is a ton of data that we can look at. And then we rank 500 of those companies, but we take a survey of what's happening in this industry more broadly, and then run a whole bunch of other stories, which are in the JanFeb issue around it. And you and I have spent a lot of time with all of this material and have our own interesting takeaways that we've found particularly insightful about the world of franchising and really the world of business at large, because franchising is such a representation of a giant corner of business and entrepreneurship and trends and where things are going and all that. So what we're going to do this episode is we're going to go through five things that we thought were particularly interesting that entrepreneurs could make use out of. And you are going to tell me the first one. And the first one is that there are a lot of new faces in franchising in the past year, right? Yes. 
So what might seem obvious, because all we keep hearing about is the great resignation. So there are a lot of people, a lot of corporate people coming over to franchising, whether or not they were laid off or they decided they didn't have the flexibility that they needed. A lot of people made a lot of major changes during the pandemic. So franchising suddenly became an option, which they weren't necessarily aware of. That's super interesting because there's this question that is bandied about whenever there are conversations in media or wherever about what we call the great resignation. All these people who are leaving their jobs, some they're quitting, some, I guess they got laid off and then they didn't come back or whatever. It's like unclear where they are in the workforce. And I've heard many times people be like, where are these people? Are they going to work? Are they going to run out of money? Where are... And the answer is that actually a lot of them went into franchising. That's totally fascinating. It is really cool. I think franchising really kind of came out a winner on the other side of this. Uh, obviously, we're still going through a lot of challenges, but it be, it opened up so much opportunity that I don't think people had ever considered as an option for themselves. Go Climbing the corporate ladder, do, doing the things they're supposed to do in business. And then all of a sudden we got flipped upside down and that, you know what? I want more. I need more. I'm now exploring that there are other options out there, not only for myself, but for my family. Interestingly, among these big decisions, women found franchising as an escape hatch. They needed the flexibility. I mean, everybody needed the flexibility. We all had our kids at home, right? (laughs) We're all doing virtual school, couldn't go into the office. And so everybody needed more flexibility and business ownership, as we all know, provides more flexibility. And especially in franchising, you do have those opportunities. So it became an option that people were starting to explore. Not only that, you've got a whole young generation that's has started to franchise and started to explore franchising. A, A few reasons for that. Parents were buying their kids business opportunities so that they had something to do. Then it can become a a generational success story, right? And then universities have started offering classes on franchising. And so it's also opened up an opportunity and that happened over the pandemic. So we've got young people, we've got women, and then there's also a a diversity, a diversity inclusion movement. A lot of brands are offering uh, incentives to veterans, diversity, and so on to try and have some, some new faces in franchising. Yeah, that's super interesting, especially because as we've been covering franchising for so many years, we've seen those conversations, people inside of franchising saying, how can we attract more young people? How can we attract more people with corporate experience? How can we bring more women into franchising? And then the pandemic comes along and just like shakes everybody's lives up. And in a way, accomplishes something that people in the industry have actually been trying to do for a while. So that's super interesting and really exciting. And I think we'll be talking for a very long time about what the outcome of that is. You bring new ideas, new voices, new perspectives into franchising, and they're not going to just slot in. They're going to shape the industry themselves, which is really cool. All right, I'm going to move on to number two and tell you one of my things I found fascinating here, which was, so we ran this feature about the five brands that made the largest jump in the list. All five of them did not make the list 
last year and then all ended up in the middle of the list this year. One of them was called Mosquito Shield, which landed at number 216 on our list. And the reason I love this story is because it shows you how unexpected the opportunities can be once you make one shot. It's almost like, I mean, it's funny, we're talking about mosquitoes, but in a way it feels like the butterfly effect. You know, the butterfly effect is like you step Mm -hmm. on a butterfly and then 15 thousand steps later, a building is built or a, a, you know, a war is started. And this seems to be the case with the mosquitoes because everybody is at home. And so that created opportunities that we all are aware of, right? Like Netflix did really well because everyone's at home. Okay. Obvious. Kitchen renovations did really well because everyone's at home. Okay. Obvious. Mosquito control? Less obvious. But I was talking to the guy who runs Mosquito Shield and he says, quote, Our customers were once workers who enjoyed our service late nights and weekends. Now they were all home. They saw the truck at the neighbor's house and they heard the machine and they were like, wait a minute, what's going on over there? Our visibility at a local level exploded, right? And so it's like, here it is. Everyone's sitting around. They're seeing their neighbor take care of their mosquitoes. They're like, I I hate hate my mosquitoes. What am I sitting around here getting mosquitoes bitten for? And I love that because it, it makes you think, what are the other things that I'm missing? What are the other opportunities that can be taken advantage of because consumer behavior has shifted and the way that we work and the way that we live has shifted? And I'm sure Mosquito Shield is just one of very many companies that have seen an impact like this and probably one of many, many more companies that can find an opportunity because of something like this. Absolutely. I, I love that mosquito story. <laughs> It's fascinating. The brand went from 53 units to nearly 300. That's a crazy jump. That's a crazy jump. It is interesting to see to that end, the creative concepts that are coming up and that are becoming more and more popular as well. Do you think that we're only at the beginning here of seeing opportunity arise out of what felt like chaos? Absolutely. A hundred percent. I think I, I think there was an opportunity to hit the reset button in a lot of businesses and a lot of the way people think, the way they hire, the way they do business. Some businesses completely had to change their business model or add in new things. And while they probably had the idea and put it on the back burner because it was such a heavy lift. They were forced to do it and it gave them an opportunity to really kind of evolve their business model. So yeah, I mean, I I think that applies all the way around. All right, Leanne, let's go on to number three here, which starts with, we did a survey of our readers and came up with some pretty interesting results. Right. So there was a survey on our website and one of the res- one of the responses was over 60% of people opened a business in the last year during the pandemic. There's not 60% of all people, but 60% <laughs> yeah. of the people who responded to our survey. To our survey on entrepreneur.com. Yes. <laughs> so certainly people who are looking to start businesses, but 60% of people started businesses in the p- pandemic. And I think that that's such a inspiring number. And that's the people who took the leap and there's people out there who are going to going to keep going and and franchising is certainly an option. With that, we we found that 17,082 new businesses serving communities opened their doors and those were franchise brands over the pandemic. Yeah. That's some of the data that we 17,000. Yeah, 17,082 new franchise units open around the world. It's crazy. That's so exciting. So While there were certainly dips in business, and we see that year over year in our numbers, 
franchising is resilient and it is an opportunity and a possibility for people. And I think that that's what's so exciting. And it is entrepreneurship. That's, you know, that's kind of one of the main things that we point out in the issue this, this Gen Fed. Yeah. And I suppose the big takeaway for people of, for those numbers is that, boy, if you rewind to March of 2020 and everything felt like it was just impossible and falling apart, and how could you possibly find opportunity now? How could you start something? And flash forward a couple of years. And the big takeaway is that as things change, even when they change very dramatically, that does not cap opportunity. What it actually does is create it. And I'm sure that the 17,082 new units who are up and around the world were brands that in one way or another understood how to serve people in a changing climate. They right? These are not businesses that were built for pre-pandemic. These are businesses that either have been developed during or had adapted to and figured out how to continue to serve people and how to figure out what people's needs were now. And the more nimble the brand, the more they could grow. Absolutely. And I, and one of the things that I have uncovered over the past year, and I, I did previous consulting work, is that a lot of the brands, not only are they having their best years ever in franchise development, but they are selling more units to existing franchisees, which is ultimately the dream to have multi-unit op- operators. But it also goes to show that when a brand was supportive and was able to be resilient during the pandemic. And they did realize that this is a business, a successful business venture, that they are opening more units within their own system. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. We're going to come back in a minute with numbers four and five of the things that Leanne and I found most interesting in the Franchise 500 issue. And I promise, because I said cat hotels, I said cat hotels are coming and they're coming up next. Support for Entrepreneur is brought to you by Upwork, where you can build the team that will build your business. With Upwork, you can find top developers, designers, project managers, and more who can start today so your business can succeed tomorrow. Find talent at home or from 180 countries around the world so you can hire the right talent for whatever your business needs. Upwork, the world's work marketplace. Learn more at Upwork.com. All right, we're back. And now, as promised... It's time to talk about cat hotels. All right, I'm going to move on to number four here, which is about a brand that I will admit I had not heard of before this issue, but I'm so glad that I did. The Happy Cat Hotel and Spa. Leanne, did you know that cats want a hotel and a spa? (laughs) I did not know that until I came across Happy Cat Hotel and Spa, but it is such an interesting concept. It is a super interesting concept. I had, I did not know, but also I don't own a cat. So why would I know? So here's the thing that was so interesting to me about this. We included Happy Cat Hotel and Spa in a story that we called Myth versus Reality. And the idea was to ask franchise brands about the myth that they keep running into, that, that, that when they are trying to appeal to prospective franchisees, which is to say the people who might one day buy and operate a unit of this business, uh, somebody who would come along and open their own Happy Cat Hotel and Spa, that these people, these prospective franchisees often have a preconceived notion of what this brand is looking for, the kind of person that this brand wants to work with. And often that preconceived notion is totally wrong because the brand 
even if it works in a niche area, does not necessarily need a person who comes from that niche area. And Happy Cat Hotel and Spa, which I just is just a name that I love to continue to say, Happy Cat Hotel and Spa exemplifies that because the problem that they keep running into is that people assume that they are only looking for cat lovers to operate a Happy Cat Hotel and Spa. And as it turns out, they are really not. They uh, Here's a quote from their CEO, quote, some of these extreme cat enthusiasts, I love extreme, some of these extreme cat enthusiasts are great people, but they don't see eye to eye with how somebody else might take care of their cat, right? Which is, which is a great point. So if somebody feels very, very strongly about one way of taking care of a cat, well, they might be real judgy with all of their clients. And that's not good customer service. What you actually want if you're Happy Cat Hotel and Spa is that you want somebody to come in and buy a unit of your franchise and be first and foremost very interested in growing a business and understand branding and understand customer service and be open to being trained into how to care for the cats. And so you really want business first, cat second. You don't even have to be a cat lover. You just have to be a cat tolerator, a cat cat interested, I suppose. And that's fascinating. And that just goes to show how sometimes I think we might limit our view of an opportunity where it's actually a lot wider than we think. Absolutely. I, th- I think looking at business owners as potential franchisees is, is really kind of the ultimate goal. And then in that same story, I think celebrity school, they often think that you that, have that to... Was, that was uh, not a cat behind you. That was not a cat behind me. I'm sorry, the dog snuck in. But the celebrity school, during their sales process, they're constantly getting people, well, I'm not a teacher. I don't know anything about education. And that's okay. We Franchises, think they can teach you the brand. They can teach you how to run the business, but you do have to understand business and the necessary components to be a business owner. Yeah, that's right. When people tell, I'm just reading straight from the story here. When people tell Celebrity founder, Celebrity being Celebrity School, Celebrity founder and CEO Richard Huffman that they don't have an educational degree, he says, quote, neither do I. Welcome to the club, which is <laughs> perfect. Yes. So, right. And, and he said, he said, you know, the thing that they need to understand the most is what is the opportunity here? What is the business opportunity? And they can hire people with educational degrees. That's that's the point of running a school. But you yourself right. don't need to have an educational degree to, to operate a great school. Yeah. And, and to put a bow on that, Chris, from the CEO from Happy Cat is also allergic to cats. So. Oh, yes, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> He's also allergic to cats, which is just the greatest detail. Which I can't believe I forgot it. Which gives me hope when I open my Happy Cat. Okay, let's do one more. Leanne, you found it really interesting to see a shift in the food industry. Yes. So as we went through the pandemic, a lot of restaurants closed down and it was a very challenging time. You know, it, we're still experiencing it to this day when, you know, everybody's got COVID and they have to shut their doors down because they don't have staff. So it, it was a very difficult year. And, but what we saw in 2022 is that the quick service category, which is restaurants, first of all, we had more restaurants and food and quick service apply to be in the franchise 500 than any other vertical or any other industry. But In 2021, there are 80 ranked franchises. And in 2022, there were 97 in the QSR vertical. And which is interesting to me that that just goes to show that restaurants are back. They found a way to succeed and to thrive and obviously supported their franchises through a very difficult time, which is also 
like a great contributor to a franchise's success. And 20% of the top 500 are quick service along with more than 25% of the top 100, which I Mm. just thought was so interesting for for restaurant brands. Happy to see. We knew home service, of course, was, was very successful, but I'm glad to see that restaurants are still making a comeback. Yeah, me too, as somebody who loves going to restaurants uh, and doesn't get to do it nearly enough because I have two small children at home who are real pains in restaurants. But what I love hearing about this stat is, again, thinking back to March 2020, and that industry felt like it was in free fall. I remember talking to restaurateurs and they're like, I don't know that we're coming back from this. I don't know that anything that I built is sustainable right now. But what you found was the combination of People really want your service. They want they want your food. They, that does not go away. And so the thing you need to do is not necessarily reinvent everything, but you just need to reinvent how you deliver the value. Right? Mm-hmm. People people want that value. And oftentimes, I think when a business goes through some kind of massive change or crisis, it feels scariest because they feel like their value proposition itself has disappeared. And oftentimes what is the case is that simply the mechanism of delivering the value or the way of shaping the value or the way of connecting people to the value has changed, but the core value hasn't. And so what you need to do is figure out basically everything around the primary thing that you do. And that's what we saw restaurants do so well in so many inventive ways through different delivery options and apps. And just, you know, it's just, you sort of see endless versions of Taco Bell, our number one company on the list, is experimenting with all sorts of crazy concepts right now. They have one that sort of looks like a spaceship and you can't walk inside of it, but you sort of drive in underneath it and they'll like drop your food down to you. I mean, it's so cool. And this is, I think, exactly what you need to see out of lasting brands and entrepreneurs is just constant inventiveness and an understanding of what the value is and what is simply the mechanism of delivery of the value. Absolutely. And I mean, to, to Taco Bell trying crazy things, they have a subscription service now. That's right. <laughs> which, which is cool. But you know, also stemming from this, we also got new categories out of it. We got more healthy choices. We got salad concepts. We got poke concepts. We got ghost kitchens. And that will probably segue into your one of the other yes, things. That's right. Right. Well, the other thing <laughs> that I found interesting that was related to this was the growth of the vegan industry, which I admit to being attentive to. I I came real close just after college to going vegan. I did not go fully vegan and now I'm nowhere near it, but I still do. I still do like vegan food. Anyway, about 4% of Americans self-identify as vegan, which is huge compared to what it used to be, which was 0.4% in 2017. So that's a massive shift. And now plant-based food sales generate $7 billion annually, which is a sales growth rate more than twice that of total food, food sales. And so What's super interesting to me about that fact, aside from that it may be even easier and easier for me to get a veggie burger somewhere, is that you see how as consumer desires shift, and they will always shift, they will never stay the same, it is just going to create constant new opportunity for other brands. So you better believe that right now there are tons of entrepreneurs in this space who are thinking, how can I create something to cater to this 4% and growing of people and ride this wave of food sales that's so large and 
clearly going to get only larger. And that fuels so much innovation. And you're going to see that, I am sure, in the food space in the years to come. I uh, completely agree. I think it's exciting to see. And and on the opposite side of that, I, I don't know that we had any on the list, but I, every time you mention the vegan concept, I keep thinking, I keep hearing of these butcher concepts popping up too. So it'll be interesting ah, to yeah. see how, <laughs> how they right. bring themselves out. <laughs> the dueling dietary uh, service providers. Um, well, Leah, this has been great. And I think that these things that we have brought out are just I mean, we've been talking about the franchise industry, but of course, I think that the the tenets here are universal, which is that to succeed in business is to be constantly aware of where your consumer is going and then have no hesitation to move there fast. So I'm excited for what we've learned this year and and excited to see what we what we're continuing to do throughout the year. If somebody's interested as a final point here, if somebody's listening to this and they're interested in getting involved in franchising, we have a whole bunch of resources that can help them. Can you tell folks what some of those are? Yeah, we certainly do. Obviously, head to entrepreneur.com we ha- and search for the Franchise 500 list. It's typically right there. Within that Franchise 500 list are all of these brands that we are talking about. But there's also stories and resources and webinars and podcasts that we share to try and help educate the potential opportunity seeker who again, might might or might not know that franchising is an option for them. We also just launched all of our new Franchise 500 social channels. So it's entrepreneur content, it's entrepreneur resources, but it's solely dedicated to franchising. And you can find that Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram at Franchise 500. Perfect. Leanne, thanks so much. Thank you for having me. It's been now, fun. Yeah. Now go uh, put your dog in a hotel and spot. <laughs> yes. And that's our episode. I would love to hear what you think and maybe even about a problem that you solved. You can find me at my website, jasonpfeiffer.com. J-A-S-O-N-F-E-I-F-E-R.com. Also, I have some more useful stuff for you. I write a newsletter about how to future-proof yourself and become more adaptable and optimistic. I would love for you to sign up. It is at jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. Also, check out my other podcast. It's called Build for Tomorrow. In each episode, I take on some belief that we have that holds us back from progress and show you why it is not as bad as you think. Problem Solvers is a production of Entrepreneur Media and comes out every Monday morning, so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Thanks to Deepa Shah for production. My name is Jason Pfeiffer. See you next week.